Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh yeah! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First time here to Son. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot! Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane! That is exceptional! Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terra in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run! Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs career. Sorry. I don't know what's going on over here. <laughs> Yo! It's crazy. I don't know. I don't know what's going on over here. But listen, yo, welcome back to another episode of the New Spurs Order Pod. This week's episode on YouTube is coming earlier than usual. You know, we got some commitments during the week. And plus, we want to glow earlier, man. We're too used to seeing all these other pods come out before us. And I'm like, hang on a second. We're top of the league. We should be front and center. So you lot get an extra early uh, viewing, YouTube viewing of the of the pod today. Obviously, the if you're listening on Spotify, et cetera, et cetera, this is obviously coming out at the usual time, vis-a-vis Saturday early morning. Um, before we get into it, guys, uh, just some minor housekeeping duties. Please make sure you're following New Spurs Order on uh instagram twitter or x as they call it now and tiktok as well follow us on tiktok man we're, we're putting out some cool videos yeah man Ch- follow us on tiktok give us a, a like give us a repost you know uh one like or one cheeky repost it's, it's not gonna hurt anybody right so yeah support the thing support the thing man um let me go around and, and introduce the the panel for today so to my right uh yeah to my left sorry uh, Booker T, what are you saying? Yeah, I'm good, bro. I'm good, man. Happy to be back on. Um, it's been positive recently, so yeah, happy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely been positive. And Mr. Stairman himself, Scott Hall, what are you saying? Brother, right. right now, 
Nobody can talk to me, innit? Yeah. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I was holding flames from Dave. Man called me Wache Richarlison, bro. <laughs> I'm still banding over that. I called you that. I called you that. Don't give Dave the props. I called you the Wache Richarlison. I'm still banding. So, last two weeks, obviously, I've had to reclaim my name a little bit. It's been a, it's been it's been good, bro. TFL with the TLF, we're doing all right still. I mean, mm. it's, it's happy days, yeah. you know. Me, me and Tops yeah. are not beefing no more. You're not you know beefing. Anymore. So, so I've yeah. taken away the Antonio Tope name. He's no longer that. He's back to Booker right, T. Man. I'm proud of him. <laughs> I want to, um, I want to quickly touch on um, your holiday, man, because obviously you've been. You've been active, innit? You've been active. Yeah, you've been you active, know? yeah. Very happy to you've show been your stream. Bro, man. Been, so yeah, how was the holiday, big man? Because you had a H. That trim couldn't be more HD if it tried. That was 4DR or whatever you call it. Listen, <laughs> obviously, I went to a certain bar, but I can't say too much, too tough. You know, say it gave me the 4K haircut. I touched Mexico. Everybody called me senior. They knew. They knew immediately I was a bad at life. They knew off the bat. You know, so I was like, listen, if nobody's gone Cancun or gone Mexico, I'm going to say it to everybody. Between now and your last days on this earth, you have to go there. You just have to, because it's hard to explain. What a place. Beach, amazing. Weather, amazing. People, wonderful. Greatest trip of my life. Yeah, Greatest man, trip. And I look fantastic, mind you. Like, I'm going <laughs> to I look absolutely amazing. A million and forty-five percent bucks. Yeah, I looked unbelievable. The trim, listen, the the the, the, the even the freaking the webcam right now, it's not doing the justice. The trim was unbelievable. Every photo was 92 out of 10. Perfect. Boy. Perfect. Fair enough, brother. Fair enough, man. It's good to it's good to have you back anyway, bro. It's good to have you Thank back. You. And I mean it's like that. It's like we're on holiday mode anyway, man. Because the football we're seeing these days, um, the winds were racking up. It's actually getting. It's getting. I don't want to say it's getting boring because it's. I can never be bored of this. But it's actually. It's so good to come here every single week and talk about Spurs winning. And we're going to talk about our most recent win away to Crystal Palace, two-one win, own goal courtesy of Joe Ward, and Son scoring for his fourth game in a row, I believe. Um, and obviously. And obviously, we conceded pretty late on with um, with a really good strike from IU after yeah. dubious circumstances, under dubious circumstances, should I say? But before we get into the to the to the nitty gritty of the game, um, I want to start with you, Tops. Like, what was your what was your thoughts on the lineup? Um, what were your thoughts on, on the lineup that he put out? Obviously, we know a couple of players. Um, a couple of players obviously had some knocks that they were carrying. We also know that Basuma obviously just came back from a suspension, but with Chelsea on the horizon, there was a decision to make there as well. So, yeah, what was your thoughts on the lineup that Ange went with? Yeah, I was generally quite happy with it. Um, to be honest with you, uh, we always knew that once Udogi come off against Fulham the other night, that was going to be maybe a little bit of debate as to who was going to play there. Um, I really didn't think he was going to throw uh, Emerson at left-back just because he's been using him as a substitute to come on um, during the games. Um, and I just felt uh, with what Palace would maybe would maybe offer from an attacking perspective that um, Davies would have been enough uh, knowing that we would be on the ball. Um, I kind of thought that um, Basuma would return and um, I didn't really think 
you would have any reason to not start Richarlison um, in this game, considering um, even though he's not been playing that well, um, he was still fairly integral in the game on um, Monday against Fulham. So, yeah, I was fairly happy with it. Um, Crystal Palace away is always a difficult game. Um, knowing knowing that they had people like Olise and Eze out kind of gave me a little bit of confidence, but generally I thought the team would have more than enough to kind of just get the win, even if it was going to be a scrappy affair. Fair man, fair man. And I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. Like I, there was just that all-round belief that we would go and get the win. And um, fortunately we did in the end, right? But I think it was an expectation that we go and, and win this game considering the attacking threat that they had missing. But yeah, I'm going to talk um, to you about this as well. So the first half, uh, what was your assessment of the first half? Because I feel like from our perspective, when we base it on what we've seen so far this season, fair to say that that was probably one of the worst halves we've had so far this season? You're on mute, mate. You're on mute. I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing a quick summary on, like, trying to think. Worst half this season... Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think I think it would be easier to say that was our worst half. The, I think the only other half that I can think that was worse than that was probably the cup game against Fulham. Uh, outside of that, that yeah, because there and there wasn't much positive to really take from that first half actually. And I think um, actually no, I remember specifically probably Crystal Palace had the best chance of that half. I mean, good save by Ficario, but that that half was it wasn't a half in which I was like, oh, that's absolutely. It didn't give me the vibes that, oh, it's absolutely shocking. We're going to go into the second half. Crystal Palace are going to get a goal. We're not going to get back into this. I was quite, and even I said it in the chat, I was quite calm. I was quite relaxed. But it was an annoying half because we're just a better team. Like, we we didn't have to perform like that. Yeah, I know we played on Monday, but it just felt like we we hadn't woken up. And that, that was what was weird for me. I was like, it's a late kickoff on a Friday. Like, just wake up get the job done, rest easy, you know. And we kind of made it a bit difficult for ourselves off that first off. Yeah, we did. We did. We did. I think um, it was it was definitely um, a, a game where I think we shot ourselves in the foot quite a lot. Um, I felt I felt that their, their setup was really good. I just want to give Crystal Palace prop, prop for that because I feel, I feel like their defensive shape right, is really, really good. And I think sides like Crystal Palace, sides like Brentford, these sides, when they get set in their defensive shape, it's very, very difficult to break them down. Yeah, yeah. And um, they've they've actually been quite a tough nut to crack so far this season. Obviously, people look at the Newcastle game um, where they got flogged, but I feel like when you look at their results so far this season, that's very much an exception to the rule and not the rule itself. But more on us, tops, obviously, um, with Yao saying he, we made it hard for ourselves, I'd be remiss myself if I didn't mention guys like Ben Davies in that team. Obviously, he's come, he came into the team. I would say that's that's I think that's his first start in the Prem this season. Yeah. Um, but fair to say that they that it was visibly apparent that it was his first start of the season, and fair to say that Crystal Palace capitalized on that. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Like, um, like we like we've come to realize as well, um, the way that we like to set up especially with our back four. We've got players who have to be athletic, who have to be fairly technical on the ball, can receive it on a half turn. 
but also um, are very good at winning sort of duels because a lot of the time, if we if we lose the ball back, if we lose the ball, we have to hurry quite quickly to win it back. And um, one thing that we saw in that first half was that I don't know, maybe it could be a potential of, of lack of match practice or just him not being super comfortable um, to being a player in this sort of system. But you know, nothing really worked out for him. Um, I felt like off the ball, he was losing all of his physical duels. He was losing all of his aerial aerial battles. I felt like um, on that right-hand side, Ayu really had pretty much most of, um, he had most of the running in that sort of first half. Um, and even off, and even on the ball, you know, it's quite difficult. I think he's kind of limited as a passer. And I also think he just doesn't seem particularly comfortable in receiving it or even in being areas where he has to kind of operate like a a um, inverted fullback. And to be honest with you, um, it was it was kind of clear to see uh, in that first half. And honestly, I, I really wasn't surprised that he came off at halftime. Yeah, man. I mean, it was it was the most obvious sub to make at halftime, to be fair. Like, it was basically Crystal Palace's only outlet, right? It was their only outlet. Um, mm -hmm. But just more on, on how we performed in, in away from individuals, um, and I guess this is this is a point we'll, we'll, we'll refer back to as we progress in the, in the pod. But um, do you feel as if in the first half, especially we we didn't utilize the wide areas enough? And this is a question to you both. Um, uh, yes, I don't think we did. Um, I kind of felt that like we were shoehorning a lot of ball towards uh, Kulisevsky, and I felt like even though he was getting a lot of ball, we weren't really making much of it. Um, I also feel that, like, on the left side, whilst you uh, had Davies at left sort of back as an inverted, he wasn't really offering much to Richarlison, and Richarlison himself wasn't really offering much. Like, Joe Ward, who I don't think is particularly great as a fullback, you know, he didn't have much to really deal with in terms of being stretched um, on that on that sort of right-hand channel where Richarlison was playing. And to be honest with you, the most amount of dangers that we were kind of seeing was when people like Madison was kind of feeding into those higher sort of channels in the, on the left-hand side and providing an, an overload. You know, Richarlison kept doing this one-time pass into that sort of channel towards Madison or towards Sun. And honestly, it wasn't really working. I, I kind of felt Palace's, the way they set up, they were very dogged. They didn't mind tussling with us. There was a lot of fouls. There was a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of play to kind of restrict us. And that probably kind of maybe um, added to it as well. But I, I just definitely feel that like when we are, are at our best under under Ange, especially against teams at Palace, is when we actually operate using the wings. And sometimes this this um uh this insistence on trying to focus everything centrally, it can be quite difficult, especially if we're not getting anywhere and we're finding that when we are getting in those tight areas, we're making little mistakes, we're making small short passes, we're losing the ball in those areas. You kind of want your players like Kulusevsky or whoever's on the left side, be it Richarlison or Johnson, to really kind of make an effort. Or not make an effort, but make an impact. And I just felt like in the first half, it wasn't working. It really wasn't working on both sides, on both sides. Fair, 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 fair enough, man. Um... And then, so I guess, I guess, uh, obviously, he makes the change at halftime. Emerson comes on in the second half, and um, not saying it's all down to Emerson, even though he did play well. But um, the performance in the second half was was a marked improvement on what we had in the first half. Yeah. So, what what impressed you the most about what we did in the second half, and um, and um, 
what was your opinion on how we sort of broke through for the first goal? I think, yeah, Emerson coming on definitely um, helped change the tide. I'm not saying he's the major catalyst for it, but it changed the tide because, like, one, he could do his defensive duels and he wasn't afraid to, like, go one-on-one with A. But he was also comfortable, even though he's not great at it, he was comfortable going into the inverted role or playing higher up as, like, a, a weird, like, additional 10. He's garbage at it, but, like, he didn't have fear being in that position, whereas Davis had loads of fear. So it was like, there's no point of him even being there because we're getting nothing out. We're getting no change out of it. And because Emerson brought that kind of, like, weird confidence that he has in himself... <laughs> He really has confidence. I love like, it, but like, I can't lie. Like, if there's one thing I like about him, yeah, I love his mentality. He believes he's in himself. So, so because he brought that, like it, it swung like the tide in our favor. Then we started to see that, yeah, we were using the width a bit better. Um, the goal more came from Saar as opposed to like anywhere else. Like it came from like Saar's work. You know, he pushed us up the field. Madison done something that, you know, sometimes you just have to do in those positions. Just flash it. Flash it across the box. See what happens. You know, uh, like it came off. I don't know what that defender was doing. Like that is a shanker of a goal. Like I can't believe it's come off his shin and gone in like that. But you take him as they come. And then I think what was more apparent in the second half, more than any other game that I've seen this season, was this deliberate switch from and mainly from Saar, from right to left or left to right. Like it, we get the ball. Normally we'd get him, we kind of like work the line or pass it into the middle and like go across. But Saar would get the ball and bang, straight over to the other side. And we started to see that, all right, we're turning Crystal Palace over. We started to create a few chances. I mean, none of the chances were really great. I think we only had one shot on target. But we were creating the chances. That's what we need to do. So the only way you're going to win a game is by creating the chances, even if you don't get a shot off. And that's basically what helped us lead to the to the second goal, which, mind you, was an absolute great team goal. I watched that back and I was like, oh, my God, I don't even remember half of this taking place. That goal is sick. It starts from it starts from Ficario all the way to the end. Like, I don't I don't remember a Crystal Palace player touching it. That goal is actually cold. So, yeah, that second half, we the change is made and we have to give Angie's props because, you know, we've also, you know, We've also made it very clear that there's been games where he's made changes where we think, mm, you know, that's not really changes what we've liked, but we've got over the hill. But in this game, to make those changes at halftime helped us. It, ch- it changed the the game in our in our favor. Definitely, and I think I think you made a good point of noting um, <clears throat> Sars Sars contribution in in the first goal, and I, and I think he he played a big part in the second goal. But it's weird. I feel like. Saren, Saren, um, Saar and Poro in that moment for the first goal had a relationship that we were still waiting to see Poro and Kulisevsky have on that right-hand side. Just just basic understanding with each other. But I feel like Saar's definitely hugged that sort of right half space area a lot this season. And I feel like we've seen it run. We've seen it games against Luton. Games against Man United when we when when um, it hit the post in the first half. Obviously, the, the game against Palace, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We've seen a couple of games where it must be deliberate that he he has license when we do have the ball when we're trying to pen teams in to attack that space. 
But yeah. what I really, in, I, I, I thought he had a really good game. Again, he's had many games like that for us this season. I just thought at both ends, the guy's just dominant, man. Like he really, really is a dominant figure for us. But let's focus more on the second goal, man, because I think the second goal, really good team move, man. It's got to be said. I know you just spoke about it now, but I, I want to highlight how good, how good that goal was, man, because I feel like there were, one or two, I'd say even one or two moments in the in this game where I felt like we really saw like a much better extent of Vicario's Vicario's um ball playing, like yeah. getting the ball and playing it, breaking lines with his passing. Like he he helps us build out confidently, but I want to talk more about like his ability to actually break lines with the passing because I think. If we're looking at areas for improvement, I would say that that's probably the next step in his evolution as a, as a Spurs keeper. Like, what, what do you guys make of that? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think, like, I remember when we signed him, we, you know, in a group, you know, we spoke about it. And, you know, I had mentioned that there was a, a number of Empoli games on uh, what, what was BT Sports at that point. And I went back and watched quite a few of them during preseason, and I was like, he seems to be quite a, a, a decent shot stopper, you know. Like, but obviously we were buying him for you know his ability to also play out um, with the ball mm. to feed, and I didn't really see that in much of the clips. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I don't know how comfortable this guy is actually meant to be. And I think the game mm. that made me realize, no, he's actually decent. Like, he's actually decent with this. Was actually the. Um, the Arsenal game because I was like, you know, mm. like, Arsenal are putting us under real pressure, and he's like, he's not shy to like punch it into the center of the like, he's comfortable. I was, I was like, all right, cool. Because people were really like a bit antsy off the Brentford game. I remember mm. that, like, Twitter was like, oh, this is the keeper that they signed for 70 million. <laughs> he's garbage. I was like, okay, brother, mm. take time. There's 38 games in the season, you know, like, let's relax. And that Arsenal game, I was like, yeah, all right, cool. He's actually. Decent with it, but in this game, he was taking the piss, yeah, because there was passes, yeah, he was doing, and he was way too wavy with it. Like, I think he's, I think he's now finally relaxed. There was one ball, he got given the ball. I can't remember who it was, whether it was AU or on, on the right hand side, basically came to like charge him down. He just clipped it over, <laughs> just clipped it over. Yeah. Davis comfy, like, and he didn't, it didn't even break shred. And all I kept thinking is, if that was the Reese, that's clapping somebody's grandma. In, in the stands, like, <laughs> that's clapping their, their bean bow, like because, <laughs> and then you'd be looking at Larice like you weren't even under pressure like that. So why did you do that? Like, yeah, it's, a, it's just a blessing that we don't have this this alcoholic rat in our goal <laughs> as it currently stands. Hey, 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 that's 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 a that's a club that's a club legend over there. Yeah? Nah, I don't give a damn if he's a club legend. He needs he needs AA meetings. Yeah, this is serious. <laughs> yeah, he's he's been drinking way too much. That guy waved. Every day, it's it's. Do you know what kind of blessing it is to have a, a goalkeeper that just drinks water? <laughs> <laughs> Serious man said. Man said that's a prerequisite. The goalkeeper must drink agua, no no wine, agua, just agua. Else, <laughs> But tops, I want to talk to you again. Staying on the team goal, man, because I think we spoke about Saar, Saar and Poro. This understanding that they have Poro back here to Saar. I mean, that switch of play from Saar, man. Honestly, I really, really enjoyed this goal, man, because there were so was. many things to watch, man. But talk to me. I want you to talk to me about Saar's involvement in the goal, Brennan Johnson's involvement in the goal, 
Madison's involvement in the goal, and then and then of course Son to apply the finish, man. Talk to me. Yeah, man. It was, in my opinion, it was a. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Before the goal, it was funny. It was actually hilarious because I was watching Palace, and in my head I was like, these men are not pressing Vicario like at all. They're not pressing this man, and they had Edward, they had Hughes, they had AU. And in my head, I was like, these guys, man, we need to give them this work. They need to come and they need to come out, try and press us to get this work and let this play out. And imagine we actually did. And we did it so effectively. And the final ball before it gets to Saar, it's such a smart pass because uh, Poro is very smart. He pulls the defender away. And, and as, the, as he pulls the defender away, as the defender tries to come and press him, he releases it to Saar, who who, in my opinion, has actually been quite limited in his passing, like, in my opinion, this season. I feel like that's probably an area of his game probably needs to improve on. But yeah. he just delivered this perfect cross-field switch. And what I really liked about what Brendan Johnson did is that sometimes you need to just gauge what you're going to do with the ball before it comes to you. Because sometimes that ball comes to someone, they might take it on, they might try to come inside, they might try to go on the outside, they might just delay it. He realised that actually... If I make this move first to head the ball into the space and follow the run, someone like Madison, who I think is is so smart enough to be able to realize if I, he's making a run for me, I'm going to find him. And the minute he heads that ball into the space for Madison, Madison, it's like a flip flap. It's a two touch. It's basically two touches. He takes one touch to set it, another touch to just release it in the inside. And smartly, again, Johnson doesn't even delay. He just delivers it into the danger area. Uh, for Son, who's obviously waiting like he has been all season in the in the area to just put the ball away. It was it was such an impressive team goal, and honestly, like that was a great time to to score because it felt like that killed the game off. And obviously, as well, like you know, you can see that you know you see the limbs in the away, and it was obviously a very very impressive goal. The team were very happy because the people that were involved in the goal as well were very integral. Madison was important in it. Johnson was important in it. Saar was extremely important in it. You know. It was a it was a great team goal. I can't lie. It was, it was, and that, we should have been there, man. That should have been us, brother. That was us last season. We should have been there, but don't worry, yeah. don't worry. We back up next season. We 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 will be there. We will be there. Yeah, we will be there. We will be there. We'll be there. But let's um, let's so that obviously we spoke about the the contributions that two subs made in in uh, Brennan Johnson and and Emerson, especially in, obviously in the second half, right? But let's talk about the sour part of of how that game ended because I felt like. There seems to be a pattern where we like we make a couple of changes, um, and then the game just goes a little bit a little bit hairy, and not like I didn't think that Palace were like close to scoring, but it just felt like we needed to have a bit more control when we when we're closing out games. Obviously, he brought on Gill, great great to see Benton call, uh get a run out as well, but um, obviously. Crystal Palace score the the goal to make it two one. I, I mean, now I want you to talk me through this goal. Like, what what disappointed you the most about this goal? Like, was it the defending? Was it the really really bad call from the officials? Like, talk to me. I, you know what? The thing that actually disappointed me the most here was actually more the defending. I think Poro has really like been a shining light on his defensive attributes mm. uh, this season, and that that sequence of events just reminded me of Newcastle. I'm like. Like, brother, judge the flight of the ball, man. Flipping out. Like, nobody needed you to jump that early. Like, just judge the flight. He could have just, even if he felt like he wasn't going to get the ball, like, he could have literally just 
like backtracked and made it way difficult for um AU to like take that ball down and great goal by the way. But like he, he just went for it early, and I was like, You're out of it now. Like once he missed it, by the time he had landed, the shot was off. I was like, you kind of made it more difficult for yourself than you needed to, which that was irritating. The officiating, by the way, I'm glad you brought it up, was garbage for the whole game. I don't care what anyone says. That, Awful, that, bro. Awful. We were getting clapped left, right, and center. I'm like, when is your card going to come out? Like, when are you going to actually control this game? Because we're just getting fouls left, right, and center. It was just absolutely rubbish. But I know the substitutions that got made, it did, you're right, it did, like, it did take the steam out of the game. But one thing I'm starting to realize is Ange is using a lot of these subs because he's trying to get the players that haven't featured much or mm. didn't have much of a preseason. He's trying to get like minutes in their legs, like to bring them up to speed. He has to use these guys. Like I know people don't like to hear it yet, but like we can't, even though we've got one game a week, we can't be just like burning out our first 11 just, just cause like we have to manage the squad. It was, it was good to see Benton call like back on the field, but you could tell he was off the pace. Like, He's not up to speed right now, but he's he, we know he's gonna he's gonna come good. We're we're fine with it. Even even Basuma missing um the last game to come back here, he seemed a bit off the pace. He's he didn't seem he's so it's it's quite obvious that in our team you need the continuous repetition, you need to get continuous minutes and rotation to kind of like get the feel right of how the, the, the team is moving. One thing I mm. will say is that Ange is making the smaller changes, right? So, like, when he's, like, changing one player here or two players there, that seems to be fine. We don't yeah. seem to lose or fall off too much. It's when he does yeah. the free that it's like, ooh, you know, like, we're like, hmm. It's a bit much. Lose, yeah, we lose too much pace. Like, I don't – and mm. it's hard to explain because it's like, he'll take Son off, bring on um, Alejo, he'll bring him on. He's a young still. You know what I'm saying? So we know we got to give him time. And you can see he's like energetic. He's trying to find his feet in the game. But then mm. everyone else around him is already slowed down. It's like getting towards the end of the game. So they're not keeping up with his pace. So he almost, he's almost kind of like ran himself out of the game. And then the mm. other midfielders that are still trying to get up to speed, because they're not even up to the match speed, they, they've kind of messed up the whole synergy in the midfield. It just becomes a whole bit of a madness, really. The only one I think that came on outside of Emerson and Johnson, the only one that came on that made me think, all right, yeah, cool, you, you look lively, but, um, you know, you're still going to need some game time, was was Brian Hill. He was the only one. Benton Cole, I was like, yeah, you need time. Like, we, we can't rush this. But, again, we have to acknowledge he's just come back from a very serious injury, so. 100. 100. I think you're right. There's the, in each, I, I feel like it's just maybe just one thing that I think you'll learn throughout the season he just needs to get the balance right man because I agree with you we definitely need to give these players minutes as and when we can right 2-0 the game is done 90 minutes on the clock like there's nothing wrong with giving these guys a run out um, and you, you, you've hit the nail on the head right it, it, it does a manager no favours to leave players out in the cold because then when you actually when there is a point when you need these guys to come in they're going to be rusty as hell as we saw with Antonio Conte let's talk about bird talks 
bird dogs make you look good. They're stretched khaki shorts designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So how do you get them? You go to birddogs.com forward slash pool and enter promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com forward slash pool for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Okay, so definitely right. Just what we need to get the, the game management a little bit better. And, and that referee, man, honestly, I'm so Awful. sick that we let that absolute scrub Ayu score against us. Honestly, sorry. He is one of the biggest disgraces to come out of your country. He is is rubbish. I I will will back any Nigerian infiltration (laughs) of his family household. He is garbage. Yeah, only his brother can save him. He he has been the bane of my Ghanaian life. Anytime I see that boy on the lineup, I'm vexed. I'm vexed. (laughs) All right. Um, yeah, anyway, um, Tops, I want to, obviously with the game done, man, I want to move on to um, a point which I feel like is worth talking about with Spurs. And I think you alluded it to it earlier on, but I, now that we've played 10 games, we've played a mix of teams. Obviously, we played some teams that are going to press high. We've also played some teams that are going to sit back. Um, how do you feel like Spurs fare when they go up against low block teams now and what points do you feel like we can improve on beyond what you've already mentioned right so just to give an example I think yeah. the low block teams we played Brentford I would say they had a mid block in the first half but second half exclusively low block Sheffield mm-hmm. United low block Crystal Palace low mm-hmm. block I'm trying to remember mm-hmm. who else we've played uh, uh, Liverpool, maybe Burnley Liverpool in the second half, low block. Burnley, I wouldn't yeah. even say they played low block, to be honest. Yeah, they, were, they were quite... Risk, yeah. They were risked. They were, I'd, say, I'd, say, I'd say Luton as well, yeah. yeah. yeah Luton, low block. block. Yeah, so how would you how would you say we, we've performed? Because there's a there's a varying range of performances there. How would I say that we've performed? Um, and what would you say I, we need okay. to work on? Right? And this question's for you. Okay, okay, okay. I think as how we performed, I think we we performed fairly well. I think if you look at just the metrics of the numbers, um, so I'm talking about things like chance creation. I'm talking about final third touches. I'm talking about passes into the box, uh, touches in the box, and then generally, if you're looking at the bigger picture, you're looking at things like field tilt. How much are we sustaining pressure in other teams' halves? I feel like against the bigger teams, even though the games are more expansive we're still creating a decent number of chances. If you look at the first half against Liverpool, you look at the second half against Man United, you look at the um, first end of the first half and the second half against Arsenal, there's clearly, in these bigger games where the quality of the opposition is higher, the chances are still being constantly created. Now, you're looking at teams that were playing against where it's low blocks. I, I first of all feel that the way we set up against teams in terms of our chance creation and our build-up play is actually suited to this kind of style. I feel it does tend to kind of, um, what's the word, pendulum on maybe how influential someone like Madison can be. But I feel like players like Kulu, players like Poro, players like uh, Bisuma, they actually have, and Udogi actually have the ability to make so much more of a difference 
in our chance creation and kind of breaking down some of these teams um, when it comes to a low block. Mm. Um, in terms of improvement, I think, first of all, I feel like we still need to garner better relationships between some of the groups. So like you said earlier on, it was nice to see the work for the first goal between between Poro and Saar. I would per personally love to see a better relationship between Poro, Saar and Kulu because I feel like those three are already kind of a tight-knit circle in terms of how many games that they started and played together this season. And I just, and I just feel that we just need a little bit more work from the three of them to make it a bit more fluid. Um, in terms of also chance creation, I I think personally, from a left-wing perspective, we need a, we need a pure one-on-one. -on -one. We need a pure one-on-one -on -one demon that's going to be able to provide something different to what Kulu's providing on the right-hand side, where he has the ability to literally um, allow that space that Udogi will give him by being inverted to just take that ball either from Udogi uh, or from Madison or from Van der Ven and to isolate any fullback in that sort of left-hand channel. One-on-one, -on -one, be it cooking him up or whether it's getting to the byline and getting it to Sun. I just feel that we need to change a little bit of the dynamic because I feel like if we have this kind of inverted winger in Kulu, who's always constantly going to be moving infield and then creating space or maybe staying on, on the wing and creating space for Poro or Saar, then we kind of need something <laughs> a bit different that yeah. the defenders are going to maybe have to think about how they're going to approach our attackers. But I think for now, purely because of the metrics and also just what I'm seeing, what I'm seeing, how much chances we are getting, how much sustained pressure we're, we're keeping in the final third. And also just generally, like how much touches we're taking in the final third and not just ne unnecessary touches, but positive touches that lead to clear chances, not big chances, but clear goal scoring chances, which I think is like a really good, it's a really, I've seen a really good amount of it this season. And I, and I would say once upon a time, I was worried about being able to create in against, against low blocks, but I feel that this system it creates lots of different avenues for us to be able to create chances. And because of that, it means that if we have more percentage of chances, then the likelihood of scoring or breaking down these blocks is also a bit higher. I, so, I think I think one of the things on, that we're, we're not really taking on board, this uh, what I'm about to say is not going to be a shot. Yeah? It's going to come across like a shot, but it's not a shot. <clears throat> I think in previous teams, when we've come up against a low block, the movement of the front three has been very rigid. Yeah, so in in previous teams when we had um, Son, Kane, not the Kulu years, um, who did we have on the right? I want to say Lamelo, Lucas, Lucas Moura, bro. So it wasn't a fluid moving front three. Yeah, we knew what Kane could do, we knew what Son could do, we knew what Lucas could do, but it wasn't actually like a. Even though our front three doesn't interchange, it's still a fluid front three in the sense of like Kulu will come into like a, a weird kind of inverted ten role. Same with even Richarlison. And then you kind of have like overlaps from Adoji or Poro. So th there was like weird options that kind of worked in like that final third. Whereas when we were at our best under Poch, we had that. So we were scoring freely. But when that kind of died, we didn't have that kind of like style of play. So you'd have Kane in the box or Kane trying to like fashion space in the box. And he's like being marked out by like three guys, you know, and, and we're not creating anything to draw those guys out. Whereas now in this system, now that we got Madison, say even Basuma, there's been games where I've seen us working it around the box, like working it, working it, just working it, working it, working it. And then bang, yeah, we got we attempt a chance. And it's like, oh, okay. You know, like we're it's almost like we're trying to figure out where the hole is in the low block. 
And I'm looking at the games that we've played. We played Brentford away. Second game was United at home. I'm trying to like remember all the away games. Third game, if I'm right, was Burnley away. I think the fourth was Sheffield at home. Then it was mm-hmm. Arsenal away. So that's three away games in the first five. Liverpool at home. Who was the seventh? Um, Who was after Liverpool? Luton. Luton away. <clears throat> Luton away. And then I'm trying to remember who was after Luton. We gave somebody. We gave somebody. Yes. Luton, we had international break. Then we came back and we played uh, Fulham, wasn't it? Fulham and then Crystal Palace. I'm missing the team. I'm missing someone. Have you mentioned Man United? I said, I said Brentford, Man United, Burnley, Sheffield, Arsenal, um, Bournemouth. Bournemouth. I'm missing Bournemouth. Bournemouth. We played Bournemouth yeah. away. So we've played yeah. Luton away, Burnley away, Bournemouth away, Crystal Palace away. Brentford away. Brentford away. Arsenal away. That's six away games in our first 10. You know, like I know people are looking at the most recent fixtures and they're like, oh, that's a lot of home games. We've played only four times at home. Like, I don't, we've picked up two draws away, the rest are wins. Like, the, the, people need to realise, forget the home record. Because when you're like, when you're supposedly meant to be a big team, your home record is is meant to be a given. Like, you're meant to win more than you lose or draw at home. It's a way where you, like, you push yourself further up the league. If you're picking up points away from home, that's when you can start arguing with, like, top four positions or challenging for this and all that kind of stuff. We've gone to places this season. Take away Luton. I mean, Luton is whatever it is. But we've gone to Bournemouth, who last season, we were fighting for our lives to get a victory over there. We've gone to Burnley. We've been Burnley numerous amount of times and come out there with nothing, yeah, which is just pure and utter nonsense. We've gone to Crystal Palace. Palace is like a weird ground for us. We've got a great record there, but it's still a weird ground for us. And even last season, we got, you know, we got hemmed up, we got dealt with. Like, so for me, it's like, these are teams that we know give us problems. We just know, like, they just sit back, absorb, we don't do nothing. They go up the other end, they score, we can't do nothing about it. But this season, I'm almost sitting there thinking to myself, if these teams score against us, they're going to think they can score again. The game's going to open up. We're going to smash them. Like, it's a weird kind of feeling to feel like they're scared to actually go ahead, thinking that, raw. if we go ahead, and these men equalize, and we open up the game to try and go ahead again. They're gonna smash us, so they're trying to they're trying to defend against us, and you can't do that for ninety minutes. That's a very hard thing to do. Like <clears throat> defending for ninety minutes is like crazy. You have to be switched on. I know people gave Luton their props and all that kind of stuff, but really and truly, Luton should have been like five 0 down by the time we even scored. Yeah, so so it's like. <clears throat> A lot of teams, you know, like there was a point made on, on I think, the main podcast, and I'm bringing it up now. A lot of teams have had some chances against us. You know, and people were like, oh, Vicario had to face 115 shots. You know, th- these were the stats that were coming out. And I said it in the group. I was like, I'm dead sure he hasn't had to face that many shots. I'm dead sure he's probably had to save X amount and he's conceded X amount. And when you do that, like when you break it down, he only had to save 40 shots. Like, so the question is, how many of those 115 shots are actually on target, for one? And how many of them have actually gone in? Defensively, this is quite unique to, like, look at Spurs and be like, where is the hole? 
Like, where where's the legit weak point in our defence? Because people will be like, oh, it's got to be Romero. I'm like, okay, fine. If you think Romero's the weak point, okay, knock yourself out. Yeah. Some people will be like, it's got to be Mickey because he's the new boy. I'm also like, fine. But we just saw us go away to Palace. Romero held his side. Romero and Poro were fine. They were comfy. They held their side. But Davis was dying an unholy death. Yeah. <laughs> And and we and they didn't capitalize on it because Mickey was like, I don't know what you man are doing here. Like, you're you're too close, man. Like there was one in the second half. I don't know if you guys remember where Palace had broke through, and um, like the guy, I felt like he was in, and Mickey just ran beside him and asked him, "Hey, bruv, what's your MSN?" Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like, like he, 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 looked, he actually yeah, looked at my it. guy like, 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 brother. We do it. Like. You're, too, you're too close. <laughs> and then he took the ball and went about his business. I'm like, and and do you know how, like, I don't think, I think I've seen Mickey slide twice. I can't, I can't name you these slide challenges that he's done, but I think I've only seen him slide twice. Every other tackle he's done, he's literally side by side with man, like, are we going to the rave together? Like, what's happening here? Like, and he just, he just takes the ball and then goes up the other end. Brother, let Spurs get another defender like that, yeah? I'm going to be outrageous. I'm going to be in the stand top off like I'm freaking a Newcastle fan. I'm <laughs> going to be going mad. What? This is this is a breath of fresh air, bro, because you don't understand. We had Dyer. And I'm not talking about the word Dyer. We had a man that is called Dyer at the <laughs> back of the... What, like, what are you doing? And what's like, crazy you know what? as well is that, Listen, like, well, Conte, what? <laughs> Conte I'm, I've said this every single podcast since, since he's left. This guy can never meet me in the dance. I'm breaking noses. Conte <laughs> is an absolute criminal. Man, he's going to give him a bloody nose, you know. Bruv, That's the problem, criminal. bloody nose. Criminal, <laughs> bruv. What's crazy as well is that, like, as... And very much in agreement with him, like, because we're going into a lot of these games, and I don't even believe in a way that's, like, overconfident, but we are confident in our ability to play the way we want to play, to completely impose ourselves on teams. Mm. And we're going to places like Palace, Bournemouth, Brentford, you know, Burnley, and we're, we're leaving with, like, 68% possession, 72% possession. 73% possession against teams at home who are, who are who are like actual Premier League teams, you know? So mm. I think it's an actual testament to the way that Ange has set us up. Like, you know, I, I still find it incredible that we are, what, um, a third or almost a third into the season and he has managed to implement his style. I wouldn't say so instantly, but with such almost immediate effect Zim, to the bro. point where you're like, oh wow, this isn't even the full, the final version. And the thing that always gets me about this guy is that I speak to football fans all the time, and whenever I speak to Celtic fans, these men they look at me like, they look at me like this man is is a god. They talk to me and they're like, they love him. Ah, they're like, you man got Angie. I'm I'm always like, I haven't even seen the final form. I ain't even seen the final four. So if this is what we're doing at the moment, it's making me feel happy. It's making me feel like finally we're playing in a way that is 
a positive attacking philosophy in which it is fairly sustainable in us in our ability to create chances whilst not hampering our ability to to, to defend i still feel there's some things to nitpick i still yeah, don't feel that we're yeah. i still don't feel that we're great at like um set pieces aerially i still don't think that sometimes positionally our fullbacks are in areas that make us kind of uh, that make us kind of vulnerable i still feel like we need to be quicker in our approach in terms of build up sometimes between mickey and like romero but again like 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 y'all said we're we're nine games into the season we're unbeaten and um yeah. it looks like things are kind ten of games. fairly positive you know ten games ten games, ten games. Ten games yeah. yeah i think I, I broadly agree with most of what you guys have said you know in fact, I agree with all of it. I just think, I think one of the areas I would add in the improvement, because I think we've, I think it's been quite varied in terms of how we fared against deep blocks. Because I look at, I look at Crystal Palace. I felt first half we were poor, but second half we stepped it up massively and were tuning up. I could have been more. Um, I look at games against Liverpool where it looked like we were really good, 11 v 11. But then when it got down to 11 v 10, we were struggling. When it was 11 v 9, we were struggling. I look at games like um, Brentford, where we were we were actually quite good when they were we were in the mid block in the first half. But when it got to the second half, we were good with the ball in terms of moving it about, but we just couldn't really find a way to penetrate. Right, so I'm looking across these games and I'm seeing good things, which is that Spurs are still able to create chances. But there are little things I think we can improve on to the to in addition to what you guys have mentioned that can definitely make us. <clears throat> make us impose ourselves no matter which which way a team sets up against us. Like, I think, obviously, Tops, you mentioned about players building relationships. I think that's definitely key on both sides. I think um, at times, I think you mentioned it, Yao, and I think you actually mentioned it, Tops, as well. Sometimes we funnel too much of the play through the middle, right? And we need to spread the play out wide a lot. And I think when, when we spread the play out, out wide, I get that the system warrants a a player like Kulisevsky or Richardson or whoever trying to go at their fullback and stuff, right? But sometimes they need help. Sometimes I feel like the overlap or underlap can help open up a game for Spurs in, against a deep block. I felt like in the second goal we saw against Crystal Palace, for instance, one thing which I really think we need to do more of um, is being more direct in our passing, um, as in quicker. Like if you get the ball in your half, don't be afraid to play like a 30 or 40 yard ping because it can it can it can benefit you. You look at Saar for the for the palace goal, he played it first time, breaks lines of the pass. I look at Pedro Porro, he he's got the ability to do that. Romero's got the ability to do that. I still think we need a number six to another number six to do it, right? But we should do more of that. We should do more of that. Um, there's little things that we can do to improve. Obviously, you mentioned the the new winger as well. I think we de- everyone can see we definitely need that profile. But all in all, I think it's mad that Spurs are 10 games in, 26 points, and we still you can still look at this team and say, right, we can improve this, we can improve that, we can improve this. So you can only imagine how much better we'd be with these additions as well. So it's 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 encouraging, man. Work to be done, but encouraging nevertheless. So let's move on. Let's finish off this pod and let's talk about the enemy from West London, Chelsea. Chelsea coming to our ground. Mauricio Pochettino coming back to manage against Tottenham. The last time this man was in the stadium, he was in the Spurs dugout. Man, before we actually get into the game, what's the what's the general perception of Poch coming back to the 
to the to the ground, man. I don't give a flying crap. I yeah, don't want it back man. anyway. Fucking, <laughs> fucking, man. I don't understand. Fucking, man. I, made, I made it very clear to everyone during the summer. I was like, I'm not trying to take this guy back. Piss off. Like, I wanted something <clears> new. <throat> like, I weren't trying to, I weren't trying to hear. I saw people singing in the stage. He's magic, you know. I'll piss off, brother, but he's magic, you know, bro. Yeah, here we are, garbage. Yeah, like, I did not want this guy to return back to Spurs. I made my feelings clear. I was like, yeah, good. We had great times. He's gone now. Obviously, he's at Chelsea. And I can't wish him nothing but hell. Yeah, because like, what, what do you want me to do? Wish you the best at a team that I hate? Come on, bro. Listen, trust when he me, arrived, trust me, trust he's me. lucky I'm not going to be in the stadium for that game because if I was dead, the, the abuse I'll be the booze I'll be giving this guy. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my! You know what? I even, I even boo when he comes on TV now, bro. I boo you, bro. You know what it is, yeah. You know what it is, yeah. Like normally, you know me. I'm a passion merchant. I'm, I'm, I'm booing the hell out of the ops in it. But like with Poch, I just don't know. I, I've got too much love for this guy as, as, as for what he did for us. It's just, I don't know, man. I just, I, I'm gonna boo the team. I'm gonna boo Chelsea. But like when they read out his name or whatever, like I can't bring myself to boo Poch himself. I can't. I just can't. But I can see why people would. I can. I definitely can. I, I don't know. I just, I just feel that like our relationship with Chelsea has changed so much over the years, and uh, I just feel knowing the relationship that we had with Chelsea and knowing how things have developed, especially during his time. You know, wins that we had against them at home, wins that we had against them at Wembley, wins that we had against them in. A, uh, I just feel that like. It's such a sore spot. And I, whilst I feel that like, you know, he left on the funny terms and people will feel like, okay, you know, this is how it went. And, you know, he had to move on with his career. And I do still respect him because I feel that, you know, his time at Spurs indicated a lot more in terms of our change or our development as a team that's trying to push up in the sort of higher end of the table there's just a part of me that also can't really be comfortable with the fact that he's managing the enemy. And um, because of that, he has to get, he has to get that heat from us, man. I, I, I wish I could be like, nah, but uh, and then to see these men mudded week on week out, uh, like, uh, I like, I need that. I like it. That. You love it. I, I yeah, that. I like it. I need I love that, it, bro. <laughs> I need that. Uh, you're my guy, so. but I'm gonna need you packed and potioned at this game. I need Chelsea <laughs> packed and potioned, and I need Chelsea to deliver Pochettino his P45 expeditiously, bro. I need I, that. But let's, how many, let's, let's how many losses have they had? Four. Um, uh, three at home. They're free at home, free at home, free at home. And it's four, then it's four in total because I know they lost one away. They've lost yeah, they to they lost, they lost to West Ham. Away. Yeah, so so they've lost four, draw, drawn two, one, four. Listen, yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. Poch has to be sacked by New Year, like, <laughs> like if it means so. So for me, listen, Chelsea coming to our ground. Yeah, these my thing is, though, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It's it's, game, I can't lie. Can we admit that it's, it's not going to be easy? It's not going to be easy because if, yeah. if, if, if you look at them, they've been packed and potioned this season by the weirdest teams. But if you look at the games that have been big for them, they've done it, they've actually performed rare, fairly well. 
against Liverpool on the first day, yeah. they performed fairly well. Against Arsenal. Arsenal the other week, they performed fairly well. But weirdly, in these games where almost, it's so weird that we're saying it, almost in the games that where we're thinking it's like them against a low block, against Brentford, against Bournemouth, against these kind of teams, against Forest, they can't break them down. Mm. They can't break them down. Listen. And it's an issue because defensively, Chelsea have always been kind of okay. But yeah. then the problem is, is that you can be defensively okay, but if you're not scoring enough goals, you're going to hold that. It's going to be difficult. All mm. I'm saying is this: yeah, like it's a dodgy game. I don't want nobody to think, right? They're going to come to our ground. We're going to like turn them over. We want to turn them over, but it's not mm-hmm. going to work out like that because they're going to they're going to give us a game. It's a London derby. Any derby that you have is always going to be techie. But hear me and hear me good. Look at his face. He's closing his eyes. He said, he me good. <laughs> if, if these men come to our ground and we smash him and smash him good, I'm making an immediate appearance on the Maypod. I want <laughs> I'm coming with crazy Vim. Yeah, the Vim that listen. Uh, can chat to me that week because. Even when I saw the Arsenal game, I was like, nah, man, why are these men starting to look like they're they're coming into exactly, some sort of form? Exactly, exactly. Just, just before they're about to face us. Like, I was like, what kind of nonsense mm. is this? Every single time we go to face Chelsea, they've been getting clapped left, right, and center. And then they, they come up against us and all of a sudden they're Chelsea again. I was like, nah, yeah. I'm not trying to hear that. That's why I was saying in the group, yeah. I'm vexed that we're facing them <laughs> because we should have been facing them four weeks ago. I said we would have smashed them. Yeah, but now I'm like, I'm, I'm more conserved until obviously 90 minutes. If 90 minutes, if I see another W, oh man, I might even go to their stadium and just spit at somebody, bruv. That's how serious the beat You're insane. You're, you're, you're insane. actually insane. You're insane, bro. The beef is on top. Hear what I'm saying? Because you might need to understand here, like, I hate Arsenal. That's a given, yeah? I don't even have a problem with United. I have a problem with United fans, yeah? I don't have a problem with Liverpool. I have a problem with Liverpool fans. But if there's one club I hate, I hate with pure and utter vim, it's Chelsea. Arsenal fans. There's oh, some, listen, there's some Arsenal fans that I'm like, all right, cool. You 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 talk sense. I mean, there's some that talk nonsense. I'm like, but there's some. That, but all Chelsea fans, every single last one of them, talk oh, madness. Talking about utter madness. I, hate them. I, hate I don't them. understand it. I hate them. I hate them. Um, what's, what's crazy is that for years, these men talked crazy on us as well. Crazy. Like, I just, they talked crazy on us. But I just, I'm just i just waiting. I've got a little sign for these Chelsea men. Don't worry. Yes. I'm, yeah. wait, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. You're got a little sign, yeah? I, I, got, I got a little sign for <laughs> Alexis and Babs. They're going to hear me. I've got a little sign for them. Don't worry. Because last year, you see last year, right? Yeah. Last year, I was. I was I was going through it, man. I'd just been to the Chris Brown concert and I was hungover. I went out the night the, the same night and I was going back to London in the morning in the afternoon, but I had to find a bar. Found a nice little bar, posted up, hungover. Mm. <laughs> Skip packed them in. Skip fam, fam, fam. End of Skipping, the pins pins had, honestly, bro, crazy. Like, it was crazy. it was absolutely crazy. So honestly, the endorphins that I received that day, if I can get anything that's even close to that, especially at the that. new stadium, I need that. Hey, I, need, this, I, need this, that I need that. I need that. This is live and direct, yeah. This is live and direct. Hey, uh, Ben White on goal. 
Oh. <laughs> Come on, you irons. What's that West Ham one? Irons. I hate West Ham too. I actually hate Arsenal, Chelsea, West Ham. I hate their guts. Right. Listen, man, them, before we end it, I want to I wanna hold you guys to a prediction. Go on, give me your prediction for the Chelsea game. So what was it? Last, last season was 2-0, right? Last season was 2-0. I, 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 yeah. I know this is a cop-out. I know people are going to be like, oh, it's a cop-out. Yeah, I don't do that. But I've, I've got it either 2-0 or 2-1 to us. I think I just... Uh, think, uh, yeah, it's going to be tight. It's definitely going to be tight. Because I know that rat, that rat Conor Gallagher is going to stick to Madison like uh, a gum to my shoe. Like so, boy, yeah. like... Um, <laughs> going to be a tight affair but we're creating chances because I don't think that their defence their defence holds were very well I think we win that one I think we win two or three one I'm going to go for two one man I think I think the way we play by design is 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 engineered for them to cause us problems I think they like you guys have said they they've looked better when they're up against teams who are going to push really high um, and they exploit the space in behind. But um, I'm backing I'm back in Mickey, who I thought was really good against Palace. I'm backing Romero. I'm backing Poro. I'm backing Vicario. I'm backing the lot, man. So I think we're going to win this game 2-1, man. We, I need us to put Action Jackson in a pack. I need us to put Consado in a pack. I need us to put all of them, man, in a pack. So, yeah, man. Um, I need a W. I need a W. But lads, uh, gonna, we'll, 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 before before we go. even, I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, it's not just a pack. I I need to. I need Pochettino to cry. I need it to be a smashing. Now I don't think you might understand. I need him to look like he he knows after that game, he's on the verge of getting sacked. Like that's that's what when it when it hits ninety minutes. Now nah, you are crazy, man. I, I need him to know that he's getting sacked. You know when you know when the manager don't want to look at the camera. They're, they're looking this way, looking at the pitch. But the camera's there, yeah, and they've just been hemmed in, and they look and they give that look, and it's, it's right there in the eye. Oh, yeah, you won't be here tomorrow morning. That's the kind of smashing I need to see us give. I don't care what the scoreline is. I don't care if it's one nil. Do you remember a time where United lost one nil to City, but all the pundits kept saying this, this was a smashing? <laughs> like, yeah, because it was such a beat up. Yeah, I don't care what the scoreline is. I just want us to smash them. And I, want I just know when I, when I get in the box, I feel smashed. his face, yeah, as he's walking back, back down the tunnel, and people be saying, "Yeah, you ain't gonna be here tomorrow, brother." Like that pink slip has already pink. been set. This peak. Let's peak. Listen, lads, we're um, we're gonna end the pod here, man. It's been it's been a good old time, man. It's been a good old time. We should do this again, same time next week, brothers. Um, yeah. thanks for hopping on. For those who are still listening, for those who are watching, make sure you subscribe to all our socials. Remember on TikTok, X slash Instagram, and tw- um, and and yeah, and Twitter, whatever you want to call it, X and Instagram and TikTok. New Spurs order, one word. Don't wear it out. Make sure you stay locked in as well. We will be back same time next week. Um, until then, take care. Peace out and up the Spurs. Peace. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh yeah!
Podcast Network.